Hi, I'm Dr. Rebecca May, and this is Arcana Advances. Follow along as we explore all renal research happenings at Arcana Laboratories. Hello, welcome to Arcana Advances, where we discuss exciting new research in renal pathology performed by our own physicians. I'm Dr. Rebecca May, and today we have Dr. Z, who will be discussing his recent article in Physiological Reports titled, Resistant Starch Slows the Progression of CKD in the 5-6 Nephrectomy Mouse Model, which he worked on with collaborators at UAMS. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Z. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. So first, to point out the obvious, CKD is a huge problem in the United States. About 14% of the U.S. is affected. So this is an extremely important health problem to study. Can you discuss how in patients with CKD, there's this vicious cycle created that continues to promote kidney disease? Sure. Um, So CKD uh, leads to formation of toxins that are typically filtered in the urine, Uh, but they're not because the kidney has reached a certain degree of failure. So you have these toxins that are circulating in the bloodstream. Organs are damaged by this, in particular, um, the colon. So the intestinal permeability becomes increased, right? So there's the health of the colonocytes is decreased because of this circulating, uh, these uremic toxins. Now, this in turn changes the composition of the flora in the gut, the bacterial flora in the gut. So you lose diversity and Mm -hmm. then you shift away from uh, bacteria that produce uh, substances such as butyrate, and butyrate is necessary for colonic health. In fact, colonocytes use butyrate as an energy source. So you shift away from bacteria that produce these substances towards uh, bacteria that are more opportunistic, uh, bacteria that are harmful to the gut. Now, this in turn uh, basically leads to the further progression of increased gut permeability. So then This um, allows for bacterial byproducts or bacterial toxins to enter the bloodstream, which in turn leads to further damage of the kidney that's already damaged. So it's this vicious cycle that goes back and forth. You can't excrete these toxins, so they keep building up, causing more and more damage. It's just, yeah, a horrible cycle of, of chronic kidney disease. And you sort of touched on this. There's been a lot of publications regarding the gut microbiome which is just a really hot topic in research right now and how that affects the kidney. So that sort of prompted you um, and your collaborators at UMAS to start this study, right? And can you talk about how you plan to address this question or how you went after this question? Right. So at UMAS, uh, my collaborators, Dr. Carduta and Dr. Zabailov, have been doing some seminal work in how the gut microbiome uh, influences progression of CKD and how it can potentially be used to ameliorate CKD. So, of course, microbiome, like you mentioned, has become a really, really hot topic, not just in kidney research, but uh, really for the whole body in particular in regards to obesity and diabetes and glucose tolerance, et cetera. Yes. But now we're learning so much more about it and that it's actually influencing a number of disease processes and, of course, the kidney. So, you know, they've done a number of early studies showing that there's, there are drastic changes in the microbiome uh, when you have CKD. So now the next step was to further study the composition of the gut microbiome, but to attempt to manipulate it by introducing a higher percentage of resistant starch to the diet of mice in particular. So resistant starch is basically carbohydrate-rich food that's resistant to digestion, right? And it has been shown uh, in numerous studies that uh, it increases the health of the gut microbiome and diversity, right? 
Um, so that was essentially the, the hypothesis was that if you int introduce resistant starch, with, which increases the, uh, the diversity of the gut microbiome, that this will ultimately ameliorate the progression of CKD in a mouse model of CKD. Yeah, so you want to stop that toxin cycle right, right there, right. improve the barrier, and see if that helps right. in CKD, right? Exactly. And this was a mouse model, and I think this is so interesting, mm -hmm. how you induce CKD in mice. Um, can you talk about the 5-6 nephrectomy model? Yeah, it's interesting. So the first step, um, well, it's a two-step process. So you have to ablate 80% of the cortical s surface of one kidney with uh, basically electrocautery. So you cauterize 80% of the cortex, and then you remove the contralateral kidney. So you're left with a, you know, with a tiny percentage, one-sixth of the cortical parenchymal volume of the kidney. And then this, of course, leads to CKD. It's a, a great workaround to mimic human CKD, really only leaving a small part of the kidney present. So you fed this resistant starch to CKD mice, and you had the CKD mice in the mouse model you described, and then also a healthy mouse control, control group, and also controls that were fed a regular diet. And I saw that after four weeks of eating this specialized diet, the um, bun creatinine was still similar between the CKD groups with different diet. Um, but then you went and scored kidney fibrosis from all the groups of mice. Can you tell us what you found? Right. So this is how I got involved into the project. So uh, my collaborators asked me to basically assess, uh, to first of all, process the mouse kidney as we would for human tissue. Mm -hmm. So we would cut, stain, process, uh, and analyze them as we would the degree of interstitial fibrosis and tubular atrophy in like a human biopsy. We did the exact same thing. Um, and they essentially brought me 16 cases and I was completely blinded to them. And my job and my contribution to this research project was to, uh, was to grade them in comparison to one another from essentially zero scarring um, all the way up to three plus. So that was our scale. Um, and, you know, and then I returned this data to Dr. Carduta, who unblinded it and, and essentially uh, analyzed it and showed something very interesting. So the degree of you know, fibrosis in CKD 5-6 nephrectomy model mice that were fed a regular diet really progressed in their fibrosis uh, rather quickly. So that was the 3-plus model as expected, whereas the control mice stayed relatively normal. Um, but, the, but the mice that were uh, nephrectomized with the 5-6 model but fed the resistant starch diet had an exactly in-between degree of fibrosis between the control mice and the ones with CKD with a normal diet showing that at least the early preliminary data in this case, and this was a relatively small cohort, um, that actually there's histologic evidence of slowdown in progression of fibrosis. So among the CKD mouse model, the ones that were fed resistant starch had about like a mild fibrosis, right? And then the ones that were not fed that specialized diet had severe fibrosis already. So even after just four weeks, you really notice quite a significant difference in fibrosis. It's really impressive. Yeah, exactly. And it was exactly in between the, the two, uh, which was quite surprising that it was such a drastic slowdown in the progression of fibrosis and tubular atrophy. Yes. And then um, in addition, they analyzed the cecal contents, right, to um, look at the bacteria and protein expression in each, court, in each cohort. 
So what did they find with those studies? Yeah, so they did an extensive analysis of both the, um, the protein content as well as the taxonomic breakdown of the bacterial contents of the cecum in these mice after about four weeks uh, being fed this diet. And they found a few very, very interesting findings. So the first finding was that there's a, a drastic decrease, or I'm sorry, a drastic increase in the diversity of the gut microbiome in animals that were fed this resistant starch diet. Oh, yeah. Okay, so diversity is good. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Diversity is very good. Um, it's They call it alpha diversity in the field, and, and that has significantly increased with this resistant starch diet. And then additionally, they found a few other things. So um, they identified that there's a shift towards uh, bacteria of the Ocelobacter uh, species, for instance, and that's a bacterium that produces quite a bit of butyrate. And as I've already discussed, butyrate is incredibly it's a metabolite that the colonocytes need for as an energy source. Um, so this was shown. And then there was a drastic decrease in uh, harmful bacteria like Clostridium and uh, Staphylococcus species. Um, and then, you know, there were a number of other bacterial taxa in genera that were changed. Um, and actually, they found a novel finding from all of this is that there was also an increase in what's called indole metabolism. And indole is the most common byproduct of normal, healthy mm. gut uh, microbiome, right? So you, they, they release quite a bit of indole. And indole uh, is a substance that's, that's similar in its effect to butyrate, where it increases the health and decreases the permeability of the colonic mucosa. So the, the benefits were multiple fold, fold. You increase diversity, you increase the percentage of healthy butyrate and indole-containing bacteria, mm -hmm. um, which ultimately, you know, is here. The hypothesis is that these are the findings that ultimately led to the slowdown in the progression of CKD. Wow. So really in this CKD mouse model, you and the, uh, your collaborators have shown that resistant starch may slow the progression of renal interstitial fibrosis and started to even unravel the mechanism for that, which is a difference in the gut microbiome. Thank you, Dr. Z, for coming on the podcast and discussing your paper. For more research happenings at Arcana Laboratories and other information, visit us online at arcanalabs.com or follow us on Twitter at Arcana Labs. You can also follow me on Twitter at Rebecca May underscore RP. So Dr. Z, if they have any questions about what you did in this or um, any questions about the paper, where can they reach out and find more information? Sure. Uh, if anybody has any questions, welcome to call me directly at Arcana, or you can email me. My email is on all my papers. Okay. And also feel free to reach out to the people at UAMS who did a <laughs> okay. lot of this exciting research. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes store. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.